hope I can make it through a Degrassi viewing podcast. I'm your veteran Donnie. I'm your hyperactive neophyte Frank. And today we're taking a look at episode 420, West End Girls. Hashtag blaze it. Woo! <laughs> I don't smoke pot. Me either. <laughs> I just thought it was significant. Because... Kevin Smith is on this episode. Right. So, yeah, this is the first of a few Kevin Smith episodes. Um, before we get too far, quick content warning. We may bring up some ableism. There's a little bit of Toby being weird toward women. Um, and also, we may talk a little bit about eating disorders. There's a very odd line at the end of the episode that we may address. But before we get too far into this... Frank, would you like to introduce our A-plot and our B-plot? Okay, A-plot, Manny and Paige are at each other's throats because of all the things that have happened between them. Um, and, pro oh, promise here. Yep, suddenly. <laughs> suddenly, without warning. Surprise! <laughs> it's much like Candle Nights, promise just suddenly here. It's very odd because Spinner is so worried about, like, missing most of the year and then he misses most of the year. Like, suddenly it's prom. <laughs> Um, anyway, uh, and then Craig and Ashley, hey, get, hey, look, Ashley's back. A right. Ashley's back to announce she's leaving. Right. <laughs> and, Jesus. Um, because she's gonna go to jolly old England, but, uh-oh, Kev Smith might want her, uh, Craig and Ashley to do a song for his latest movie that he's filming at Degrassi. Exclamation point, question mark. <laughs> out of what? Out of where? Who knows? God. Um, honestly, Frank, I'm gonna make the argument that we should just, because the, the A-plot and the B-plot touch a couple times, we should just go through straight through the episode. Yeah, I, I think that's best. Uh, that's my feeling. Um, I do want to talk about something that I, as a veteran, struggle with, especially when we get to this phase of Degrassi, and I'm curious to hear what you think. As we start having celebrities and fame being put into the forefront of some of these plots, how do you feel when, when... That starts happening. Because I have an opinion, but I'm curious how you feel as somebody who's just starting to see it. I think it's weird and unnecessary. Okay, yeah. Because it's just like, why is Kevin Smith here? <laughs> why is Kevin Smith, like, okay, I mean, we saw this last, last, last year, last season with Billy Ray Cyrus. Right. But he wasn't Billy Ray Cyrus, and I was into that. Like, he was just this bonkers character that was just there. And I'm like, yeah, cool. But it's just like Kevin Smith playing this idealized version of Kevin Smith just feels so weird to me. Like, if, if you're going to have a celebrity come in, they should be doing more work. Yes. Like, I mean, I don't think Billy Ray Cyrus is really, like, you know, rewriting the book on acting as Dallas. But I do think, like, it should be an original character. I agree. I, I feel like once you start pushing the universe in certain ways, like, I feel like references to popular culture are not a problem. For example, there's a Justin Timberlake reference in this. I don't find that to be horrendous, because it's like, what would a teenage girl in this time period have in her locker, potentially? Justin Timberlake. Okay. That flies to me. And, like, Paige's references also, even though, like, some of them are like, whoa, what? Ultimately made sense for the time period. My issue is not even so much the celebrity piece of it, but the concept of fame in teen drama and how there is this thing where everyone suddenly, sometimes in certain teen drama, suddenly wants to become a celebrity of some sort, a singer, actor, whatever. And 
once we start getting to that area as a as a viewer, I always find it very odd. And and I know some of it might come from my background because it's like I went to school with a lot of musicians, but everyone was just kind of wanted to be in the scene, like the local scene. And that was kind of the thing. It's like you wanted to play at like School of Rock East, which is literally like I don't even think it exists anymore, but a tiny little venue that like you you could open for a band that was actually of note. Like, that was kind of what fame looked like in that time period. It was, you know, maybe being in some people's top eight on MySpace. It was, but, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's, or somebody's, like, song on their profile. Like, it, I feel like once, once you change the stakes from we're just some friends in a band to, oh, now I'm going to potentially perform to Kevin Smith, there isn't enough of a transition for me to be, like, this is, I, I follow. I'm actually, oh, yeah. So, um... Donnie actually has a graphic novel on his shelf that I read when I was younger um, called Solonin. Yeah. <laughs> Where, like, um, I forget the full details of it, but it's just like somebody in a memoriam wants to play a song for one of their friends. Mm-hmm. And I think that could be... Sorry, quick pause for Dahlia. Just running. Running. She's just... Having a moment. Um, like, yeah, like that for me, it, like, it was like, oh, this is a big deal, just playing this one song. Right. In front of people. Like, because, you know, it's just like, yeah, no, I fully agree with what you're saying. It's just like, what, there should just be an underground music scene in, right. Debra- in like, what it, a, it's in an area in that has one. <laughs> it's in an area that realistically has a music scene. So, like, it doesn't need the Kevin Smith up the ante thing. I I think what it is is, like, if... I feel like people think and try to blur together certain teen narratives together. And I think fame narratives are one thing and slice-of-life kids just trying to figure shit out or another. And I think they can intermingle, but I think they have to be set out as one that is intermingling from the jump. Because I actually do like, like, fame narratives and things like that, or socialites, or, like, kids that come from, like, those kind of, like popular, affluent, whatever type of word you want to use. But they have to be set off as such. I think in Degrassi, we've had these kids have such small-scale goals to have them go from, we're going to perform at the car wash at the beginning of the season, to we're gonna I'm going to potentially perform for Kevin Smith. It's such a wide jump yeah. that I'm just like, really? Like, it, it comes off as jumping the shark, even if I don't think it's necessarily categorized as such. Yeah. Like... Uh, for me, the ending should have been like it's a battle of the bands versus uh, it's like downtown Sasquatch versus Sex Bomb. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> even then, like in Scott Pilgrim versus the World, it's like we're playing the local club with a known band. We're not exactly like breaking down the doors into the top ten of bill like the top ten of Billboard. Precisely, it's like it's it's like it's just a jump that has it happened before not often but sure let's say that you know there have been some people that were just kind of plucked from obscurity and suddenly in a movie that has happened but i think that especially in the case of degrassi where everything is kind of now we're beginning to transition to a more soap opera dramatics but ultimately the stakes are still fairly realistic outside of like give or take a couple plots now we're suddenly supposed to expect that these kids are potentially going to be featured in a movie and it's like whoa what (laughs) Huh? Yeah. Um, but we'll talk more about this. So, the episode itself opens up, once again, fairly small scale, where the Spirit Squad girls are showing off their um, choreography to Hasselakos 
for a performance that they're going to do at the end of the year. And Hasselakos is super into it. She's like, wow, like they're going to have to end the school year when they see this. Ha ha. And it's like kind of endearing. <laughs> I'm sure Miss sure Hasselakos is it's just counting down the days. Oh, <laughs> so yeah. Like, yeah, we can just, you know, shut it down early. Oh, God, I'm so done. <laughs> I know. I can only imagine emotionally how she feels right now. Because like any administrator at the end of the year is like, man, I have an 11 month job and I don't care. I need these kids out now. <laughs> <laughs> like, like uh, Spike... Snake just comes into Heslock as always at the end of like the school year and she just has a full bottle of whiskey and she's just chugging from it. And he's like, uh I forget what her first name is. Oh god, I don't even remember. Uh he, he's just like, uh, you okay? And she just holds up the finger. Right. <laughs> she's like, I'll be okay once I'm at the bottom of this bottle. Then tomorrow back to work. Well, the day after back to work. Tomorrow vomiting. <laughs> like, I need this. <laughs> Yeah, it's just, it's really funny because it's, like, I feel like students don't realize how much teachers desperately need the year to end. Like, you hit a point, you hit a wall, and you hit the wall usually around April, and you're just like, fuck, man. It's like March, April, because March is really long. There aren't very many breaks a lot of the time. April, I feel like, is when standardized testing starts, and once standardized testing starts, kids don't want to learn anything. So you're just like, and if you're in Jersey, like me, or New York, where I now work, the school year doesn't end until June. So you're like... Fuck! Because it's like, if you're outside, if you're in the U.S., if you're, like, outside of my area, a lot of people's school years end at, like, May. When then, like, when that happens, everyone's like, okay. Like, you know, everyone's like, yeah, summer! And I'm sitting there going, Jesus, fuck, I have a year. I have, like, a month and a half left. Fuck you. But it's it's real. But yeah, Hasselakos especially, because she did inherit a fucking mess. Oh, her, like, fir- her first name is Daphne? Uh, Daphne. Oh, and by the way, if you're one of those people who are like, oh, teachers get a three-month um, vacation, fuck they you. fucking need it. Fuck and, you. And, you, and, and even then, they get underpaid and they work at summer camps and continue. Yeah, you want, if you want to, you have more complaints, yo, at me, let's fight. That's true. <laughs> Frank has a Twitter now. You can add him. You can truly add him. Anyway. Um, so, after Hasselakos gives all the compliments, Darcy then compliments Manny's choreography for being so good, and Paige is immediately upset about it, um, and Manny snipes about her being a big, fat, useless pile of nothing. It's like... (sighs) There's a lot of weird lines in this episode. It's like... There's a part of me that's like, yeah, this is how teenagers talk because they don't really know how to do a good retort yet. And I would believe Manny does not know how to actually do a good retort. You know what I mean? (laughs) But also at the same time, it's not enough of an act for me to be like, yeah, this is her just kind of like trying to put on a mask and not being good at it. I don't think that's what we're supposed to believe of it. So like whenever she has a retort, it's either like a tone like that or like I checked the YouTube comments and one of the top ones was like, why is Manny's retort always like you're just jealous? (laughs) I mean... Fair enough. Right. But, but it's just like, yeah, Manny's choreography is more fun than going to the beach? That's a confusing line. Right. But yeah, like, whoever wrote this doesn't know how girls talk. Then, um, uh, opening, when I made it, um, at Manny's locker, Manny says, if I peed in the four-year, Paige would claim she gave me the water. Right! That's not a thing! (laughs) Yeah, it's like, there are different expressions you could use that get to that same conclusion that are not, why is Manny peeing in a foyer? Why is Manny thinking about peeing in a foyer? It's, it's odd. Um. Oh, God. But, yeah, so. (laughs) I do like Emma just being, wouldn't be much credit there. (laughs) Yeah, right. I do kind 
of like, like in this moment, I kind of liked, and we talked a little bit about this because Frank caught me watching the tail end of the episode because I have no time to ever do anything. I like, I like how you like caught like you were doing it in secret. Now like I just came over because we're gonna record. Yeah, I know, but there's a little bit I just, of shame. When I jump in, I'm like, ha! I, there's always a little bit of shame when I haven't finished up the episode by the time you get here. But also, it's like, uh, uh I'm sorry. But also, it's fresh in my mind when I record them. Yeah. Which is nice. I watched this like four days ago. Right, right. So this is all fresh in my mind. But anyway, um, I kind of liked, we talked a little bit about this, like we kind of liked how Manny is back kind of in the fold with Emma. Yeah. And Toby to a certain extent until he starts doing his usual Toby things. Um, but like it is one of those things where Manny has been struggling and we even hear her get so upset toward the end of this episode because ultimately, her life is still really fucking rough. She's still dealing with a lot of trauma that has happened from past seasons. And we don't really know if she's been able to really unpack it. Um, and she has been kind of casted out quite a bit. And her success in the Spirit Squad probably means a whole lot to her identity as a person. Because that actually gives her a sense of self-worth. Um, and it's kind of nice to see that Emma and her are being able to reconnect. Though... Of course, it always kind of is the thing with Emma where it's like, are you actually going to respect people? Are you going to be a fucking monster? I don't know. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, just maybe. I don't know why I even want her to, like, at this point, it's like, I should just be like, Emma, fuck off. But there's a part <laughs> of me that still wants to believe, like, man, like, maybe, just maybe you can be an okay person. Probably also why when I saw Toby at the beginning of this, I was like, please just be an okay person. Toby isn't Emma kind of is. In this moment. Yeah. But, like, two episodes from now, she could be a fucking monster. We just don't know with Emma. Well, I'm not trying to excuse her behavior in the past few episodes, Mm -hmm. but, like, she was going through, like, she was going through something. She was. But, like, but we also know that she she does have a history of that. That's the thing. It's, like, she has had a history of being a monster without going through the trauma that she did this season. Yeah. Um, But, anyway, Toby asks Manny to prom. And as he's asking, Marco swoops in. And it's like, oh, yeah, well, Manny's going with me. So, hey. Um, and Emma and uh, Manny is just, like, super relieved that she has an out. I, I do love uh, Marco's line. But Manny's going with me. Sorry, but as the newly single head of the dance committee, I had to scoop the cutest date I could find. It was very cute. <laughs> to which Toby then says, how come the gay guys always win? And, man, if I was going to shove Toby in a locker for a line, that would be the one. Yep. <laughs> sure it's it's also just like you i don't toby is such and i know that this was an issue i had even when i was growing up and i know this is an issue that viewers have in general etc etc it's just like what the fuck are you supposed to do with this character it just they give you nothing with him they always just default to him being saying something that is just like terrible to women and it's just like jt was able to have the arc where he grew and I just don't understand why we just could not have that arc for him. I mean, like, this is... Especially after the Rick stuff. Yeah, well, this is the season of missed opportunities. Like, you could have had Toby reflecting on everything that happened with Rick and all that jazz. And, like, had him change. Mm-hmm. Like, because JT didn't exactly go through the same thing, but, like... You know, he's been changing over the last two seasons. He like, has been. He started hanging out with Paige and the crew. I, I feel like with JT, the catalyst was him trying to fight Dean. 
Yes. And, like, after that, like, he started getting better slowly but surely. Mm-hmm. Like, he I, understood the stakes, the potential stakes of his behavior. Yeah. Plus, I think, like, not hanging out with um, Danny and Toby and actually hanging out with, like, actual... With women? Yeah. Like, made him be like, oh, I was a scumbag. Yeah. <laughs> it... JT was on the fired up arc. (laughs) Yeah. It's, yeah. Like, I hate being like, men have to spend time with women to understand. Because that's, like, shitty. You should just have it be inherent. But you could tell that whatever fucking layers of fucked up shit that uh, JT was, you know, taking on, he definitely lost sight of, like, everything. I mean, uh, well, yeah, I, I feel like I agree with you. Men should just know, like, this is how you... Like, this is how you act towards people. Right. Like, I do remember, like, when I was 13, 14, I said to my sister, girls have it so much easier than boys do, and then my sister gave me a very angry 20-minute education. Oh, I'm sure she did. In feminism, and after that, I was like, oh, okay, I was an idiot. Yeah. But if you don't get that, it's not going to come. Like, right. you can see it with him talking to Marco. Like, oh, gay guys always win. Really? You want to walk a mile in those shoes? Right. In those Marco shoes? Right. You want to be th- threatened, outed by Alex? Right. Like, you want to be beaten up in a fucking park. Yeah. Like, hello. But, yeah, it's... So, that's, you know, that happens. Marco swoops in. Marco also reveals that, like, the prom plans, you know, Manny's absolutely sincerely invited. However, she is going to have to confront Paige because Paige is going with Matt. <laughs> Would he even be allowed in the school at this point? Pro- no. In, 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 okay, in real life, no. In Degrassi world, yes. Hasalakos, wake up. In, in, but, oh my god, I would fucking love to see that. As, of, like, just... <laughs> like Matt walking in with Paige and then like Snake just seeing them and he's just like hey Archie and S- Snake just being like you fucking talk to me again I'm going to give you a swirly right <laughs> like right but, like that's the thing it's like technically because especially because like in the cases of proms and stuff it's like a lot of proms and the way that they work is um like usually you need a lot of information from a date if they are not of the school. And they also have age restraints on prom dates. Yeah, like, I think my, at least in, in my experience, I don't know about Degrassi world logic. I think mine was like 20. Yeah, like mine was definitely under 21. You had to be under 21. Um, I also, being going to school in a conservative part of Jersey in the early aughts, your date had to be um, the opposite gender. So, like, a lot of a lot of the couples that went to high school that were LGBTQ, there weren't many of them that were out, but there were a couple, they, like, would swap, basically. So if it was, like, um, two girls together, they would trade with, like, the two guys, and, like, they would come as each other's dates, and then just, like, it was bullshit. No, yeah, totally. <laughs> like, it was bullshit. I, I, I don't think I had, because I went with my sister's friend, Crystal. Mm-hmm. And um, and my sister was signed in by somebody else. I don't think we had to jump through that many hoops. 
You probably didn't. I just went to a weird conservative school in Jersey. I, I think I think my school was like, are you like bringing like weapons or any drugs to the, the thing? No. Well, we're good then. Yeah, I just think we went to different schools. Yeah. But it's all good. But yeah, no, I was like a weird little thing that I think once it was like my year they got rid of. But before then, that was a rule. That was like a pretty hard rule. And it was a very odd rule to have. Anyway. Okay, so then we have Marco, excuse me, Manny and Hazel, which I could, I, I want to see more of this relationship. Yeah, I agree. Um, I do kind of like this line from Manny. Marco is my, my dream date. Well, nearly. But Paige will eat me alive. I love you guys. Right. <laughs> right. Um, because, like, yeah, like, Marco is such a catch. He's so lovely. <laughs> um, He's so lovely. But, like, Hazel's, uh, Hazel's advice here does kind of paint their relationship, like, her and Paige's relationship in such stark terms. Yes. Of, like, just show up to the place, act, act submissive. submissive. She straight up says submissive. And I found that to be... Terrifying, honestly. Nothing weird about one person of color saying that to another person of color in regard to a white person. Right. <laughs> right. And it also puts their relationship, Hazel and Paige's relationship, in a different light for me. Because to me, it always came off as, even if the writers didn't want it to be, it did come off like Hazel and Paige could volley off of each other. Yeah. Like... It, it always came off like they, they were each able to kind of meet each other in the middle. But what Hazel is suggesting is, no, no, I'm playing a game. Like, I'm playing a long con, basically. Yeah. And, like, it's one of those things where would this be a vaguely interesting plot if they actually, like, gave Hazel the chance to have an A-plot and actually, like, explore this? Potentially, yeah. Yeah. Like, I think that would be a very interesting reveal. But because we know that Hazel's gonna get fucking nothing. Yeah. It's, it's frustrating. Yeah. But also with this writing team, I don't even think this is a story that necessarily they should be teaching or they should be writing. Yeah. This is not like the, the game that Hazel is potentially playing suggest being suggested by this line is not something that a white writer should really be writing. Yeah. Not to like, I know somebody's gonna be like, what do you mean? We should all be, there's some stories you just shouldn't because if it has to do directly with the perspective of a marginalized person, why are you going to write from the perspective, like write about that as a person who's not marginalized in that way? Yeah. This is once again, like a problem that could be solved by a more inclusive writing group. Exactly. Instead of just like two white people. Right. So. Um, All right. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we go to Caitlin's studio um, and Caitlin is straight up interviewing Kevin Smith as in. This is not like Billy Ray Cyrus playing a character. This is just straight up Kevin Smith in his fucking, like, jorts. Just talking about um, how he wants to film with, like, actual people. Um, and then he reveals that a lot of his settings dropped out. Um, and that he needs, like, a bunch of different places. And he really needs a school. And the conversation is, like, this very... I wonder... Once we start going into this area, is this when Degrassi writers became hyper aware of the fact that people outside of Canada really like the show? Because the whole entire interview, and it continues throughout the episode, is Kevin Smith being befuddled and charmed by weird Canadian linguistic things. And they're not really weird. Like, you know, sometimes if you're not, if you're not from Canada, you hear it and you're kind of like, haha, a boot. 
But like we, ultimately, we brought it up. We brought it up, but also it's like there's this emphasis on it where he's like he he apparently is doing Jay and Silent Bob movie. They go to Can Canada. Go Canadian A. Eh? Go Canadian A. And it's like talking about like a lot of like kind of like that type of stuff. But it's in a way that it's just like is this them winking in wink 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 wonk at their viewers who are not Canadian. Um. Yeah, like... Right? Uh, because he's like, or drop oot on us, as you say. Like, I would not... Like, why would you say that? Like, what? Right, you're supposed to endear people to you. Dude. Yeah, like... Um... And, like, oh, God, um... It's just, like, it's bad writing where he's just like, um, Savannah there has a beer factory or hockey rink or a donut shop or a strip club, all things... For most part, we've seen in Degrassi, except for the beer factory, mm-hmm. or school, particularly a school. Right. It's like once again, it's like, it's it's working this fame and this like media creation narrative that just feels too high stakes for what Degrassi is a lot of the time. And it's just like the the show. Like I feel like the show is very desperate to court like more famous people because like they're like we're gonna have kevin smith on it's basically going to be kevin smith's the greatest thing in the world kevin smith is not exactly you know the biggest name in hollywood no especially at this time because i think this is pre-dogma or during dogma i think it's either during or just after dogma yeah um and like Kevin Smith was so unknown. I'll, like, I'm going to recommend this video and I'll send it to Donnie to post to the Facebook. Yeah. Like, he went to protest his own movie in his hometown and people still didn't recognize him. Right. And it's just like, you know, like, I, I like, okay. So, I think I mentioned on an episode before, I grew up near the Quick Stop and, it, like, you would get occasional people, like, coming by and, like, I'd take pictures for them outside of it. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't like there was a huge crowd outside of it at all times. Right. It's just kind of, like, there, you know. So, to have these, like, to have it just be like, oh, my God, it's Kevin Smith. Like, I, I don't want to take anything away from the guy, but I'm like, it's it's Kevin Smith. <laughs> I've admittedly not really, have I watched any Kevin Smith films? I have not. I don't think I have, but like, which is funny because I'm from Jersey. Um, I always kind of got the impression he's a bit niche, too, like very regional. Do you want like Do you want a movie of mostly dudes talking around, sitting around talking about movies? That's a Kevin Smith film. It's it's he's like Quentin Tarantino without the obsessive foot fetish and violence. Ah, like it's just like, but I mean. I mean, I find it interesting. Like, he has the whole the whole bit about like Death Star construction workers that I think is funny, but like, eh, and you know, he is problematic in certain ways. Like, so it's it's difficult. It's difficult yeah. to say. Yeah, it's yeah. I, I, I honestly do not know enough to fully, like, unpack it, but also it just kind of seems like, I don't know, I don't know. I, if I recall correctly, I think he was just a fan of the show, 
And I think it just kind of translated to, like, him linking up with them. Like, I'm pretty sure that's the backstory from what I remember from when I was, like, in high school. But even then, it's like, I understand that there is that that stunt casting aspect, especially if it's somebody who sincerely likes the series. No. But it is something to think about, like, how does this now impact your reality? It's kind of like, um, and, like, it, it is, you know, sometimes you do, like, a one-off thing. But it does make me think of, like, in Grey's Anatomy, where it suggested that, like, ghosts existed for, like, one episode. And then you're like, wait, does that mean that they're just ghosts at all fucking times? Uh, yeah, like, there's... <laughs> yeah, like, you know, um, or, like, they did that on Pretty Little Liars, too. Right. I'm just like, hey, do you guys remember how there's ghosts? <laughs> right! Like, it's just, like, suddenly there is, like, spirits. Like, around the hospital. I, it's been a while since I've seen it, but I remember sitting there going, like, wait, 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 time out, time out, time out. Are we ever going to pick up on this again? Because now we're going in a different direction in this show. Now we're going into a supernatural area. Like, and I'm not talking about, like, the Denny stuff. Like, I remember, like, afterwards, there was, like, this, like, episode that basically suggested that, like, the spirits are present in the hospital. And I was like, oh, no. Oh, no, no. Yeah, like, um... I, yeah, there's so, like... I, I'm like, there's so many out there. I cannot remember any of them right now. No, the, I think it happens fairly often in series where it's like you create a new rule, but it's only for like an arc or only for an episode. But then afterwards you're like, but wait a second, you said that in that, does that actually, is that actually applicable now? Yeah. Like, <laughs> the new status, oh, okay, well, my favorite one of those is in Supernatural, mm -hmm. when they did the crossover episode with Scooby-Doo. What? I didn't know that happened. <laughs> it, it's animated, it's wonderful. What the fuck? But, like, the, the, the Winchester boys tell the cast of Scooby-Doo, um, you know, uh... Hell and heaven are real things. What? The Scooby-Doo crowd just, like, loses their mind. What? And Daphne's like, oh my god, I'm going to hell, I'm going to hell. And, like, they never bother explaining it, but Shaggy's just like, we told you every time you did it not to do it. What the fuck? Like, but, like, I mean, that show, it's supposed to do that. Like, they even have a whole episode where they go to the world where... Supernatural is a TV show and not a real thing. <laughs> I mean, they have like 500 fucking episodes at this point. Right, right. That's just, they, they just ruined the lives of the Scooby-Doo gang. <laughs> yeah, well, they also save them. <laughs> Give and take. <laughs> like, but yeah, it's just like, yeah, like, so like, because that, like, from now on, I'm just gonna be like, doesn't like, Craig now just basically have Kevin Smith's phone number. Right. <laughs> like, but that's what I mean. And, like, I know people are probably, like, you're whining too much about this. But, like, it does change the stakes. And that's what I'm trying to get at is, like, it changes the stakes of the show. And I think that's really when these types of plots become an issue. Because if it was always those, like, for example, if this was set in L.A., and there was, like, a revolving door of potential celebrity interactions. And characters were saying, like, hey, I had dinner with, like, this producer. And, like, I did, you know, like, I, I recorded with this producer, like, you know, this guy or, like, worked with this director. The stakes are applicable. It works. You're like, okay, we're in L.A. Or, like, in New York. And it's like, okay, we're in New York. We interacted with this, this, and this person. It's, you know, like, I think, like, it's one of those things where you're like, okay, I understand why these people are here. I understand why they're interacting in this way. 
this makes sense to me. But the second you start, you go from this is just your average high school with a bunch of kids going through it to, oh boy, howdy, now Kevin Smith's here. You're like, whoa, time out? What's going on here? What's up? Because, like, yeah, like, that brush with fame is a huge stake that changes for Craig. So, like, now what? Now what are we going to do? Yeah. Um. But, yeah, so, like, Kevin Smith is here. He's getting interviewed. He talks to Craig. Caitlin calls him her sort of stepson. What's up with that? What's up with that? Well, I mean, like, I don't, like, I mean, I, like, the... Like, ha I feel like that's, I know we give Caitlyn a lot of shit, I feel like that's somewhat okay. Okay. Because it's just like, how, do, how else do you explain that relationship? So, this is my boy, have they gotten engaged? I don't think they've gotten engaged. No. Okay, this is my boyfriend's adopted son, but like, he doesn't really have any blood relation to him, except like, his wife that passed away is... His mother. Well, and, you know, it's a Angie. Very, yeah, the half-brother of my, uh, the half-brother of my boyfriend's, like, daughter. Like, it's a very confused, like, it's a very confusing place. I guess so. Craig has. I guess so. So, anyway, and, anyway. like, Caitlin's like, he's a musician, and... Kevin Smith's like, wink, wonk. I'm looking for a musician. Can you give me real emo? Right. Like, like can you give me real emo? I'm like, what? It's like, don't give me Weezer shit. Give me emo. <laughs> like, I want something between Bright Eyes' Patrick, My Prince, and Weezer's Say It Ain't So. Right. And it's just like, it's just like, uh, it's, it's one of those things also where it's like, I feel like, I was talking about this with Frank where, and I hate reducing it to this but it's like it feels a lot like a self-insert fic which i don't think is inherently a bad thing i think people doing self-insert fics and projection man if you've read any of my fire emblem fic you probably know by now how much projection i use <laughs> that's okay but i think that once you are like i think working a self-insert kind of fantasy into the narrative that is degrassi is a bit Peculiar, because basically Kevin Smith is swooping in here and he sees all these messes and all these fires and all these dreams and he's like trying to achieve them or put out the fires, etc, etc. He literally is like the fix-it fic. Yeah. If, he's I, the fix-it for the fic. I don't know what's going to happen in the next episodes. I know, like, I don't think, like, I saw this happen. I'm like, oh, Craig's not going to handle this well. Right. Um, <laughs> but, like... I don't know what happens in the next two episodes, but it would be very interesting, and I doubt they'll do it, because, like, we still want to be friends with Kevin Smith. Right. But, like, and this now explains that other part, why they're selling weed to Snake in the I'm Upset video. <laughs> it's slowly coming together. Yeah, eventually, at, like, the end of the series, you're gonna be like, I now understand. I'm just gonna, like, play the episode and, like, watch you talk, like, record you talking about it. Um, it's gonna be a bonus app. So, anyway, um, what would be interesting is if he tries to, like, make everybody's dreams come true and then realizes... You can't. This is untenable and has to let all these kids down. Now that would be interesting. Like the Scott's Tots episode of The Office. Which is like the most second, I would say equally painful episode to watch of that show. 
No, I think it's the most painful, honestly. Do you know what I'm talking about, Donnie? Never watched The Office. In fun, the, fun Donnie trivia. Oh, I've yeah. never seen The Office. At a certain point ten years ago, Michael Scott promised um, if these this class of kids all graduated high school, he'd pay for their college. Not realizing what an enormous... Investment that is? Yeah. And then, like, the episode is him having to go to talk to them and say, I can't do this. Ooh. It is excruciating to watch. Oof. Yeah. It's a mega oof. Oof. Um, I mean, yeah, that's the thing. It's like... I don't know. It's so, like, cutesy. I can't even be like, yes, that's what they're trying to do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like... And the thing is also, like, I feel like they're like, oh, like, she might be, Caitlin might be falling for Kevin Smith. It's so weird. It's such a weird choice. And I'm just like, I know Kevin Smith's actual life. He's married at this point. And that's kind of a good point to bring up. Like, and he has a kid. <laughs> right. That's kind of a good point to bring up, because, like, when do the extent of, like, reality and fiction kind of go... And kind of once again complements this almost caricature its approach with him in in this in this whole entire thing. Also, like another thing that I also am like uh, about is just like I don't even know. I've kind of lost the thought, but it's just kind of like it's just odd. It's just odd. It feels out of place. It. I I'm sure there was a way to do it better. But I don't really know how. What would have been, been cool is if he was pursuing her, and she's just like, nah, I swore off directors. Oh, that would be cute. After, also after episode one, season one. Hey, but also it's like one of those things where it's like you are going into a dangerous territory because you are perpetuating like women who cheat are always going to cheat, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And it's like, I have my own personal takes on this type of stuff. Yeah. Which I am not going to go into. But... Like, I don't know how I feel about writing it in this context on a teen show. <laughs> like, make it, yeah, I don't know. It's just, the whole thing is so freaking weird. It's very weird. The tone is really weird. Their flirting is very weird. Or rather, his flirting and her being like, <laughs> about it. It's a very odd time. Um. Anyway, so we go to Pretty Pretty, the... The boutique. Um, and Paige... I, I honestly love that thing. <laughs> me too. Uh, Paige is trying to go into a dress. She's muttering about how she needs the extra small. She walks outside wearing this very early odds fuchsia pink fucking nightmare dress. Like, strapless. And, like, has a little floofy bottom skirt. Like, oh, it's a time. Um, and she looks up and she sees Manny also in this dress. By the way, neither of them look great in this dress. They both are very beautiful and should not be wearing dresses like this. But this time, that trend was very cruel. Um, and Manny tries to apologize in the process of wearing the same dress as Paige. Um, and Paige is like, you can give me the dress and get out of my, my space. Get the fuck out. Um, and Basil's just like, like, in the corner, just like, well, you tried. Um, yeah. So... <laughs> Should we move on to Craig's? Craig rushes in and he says, get behind that keyboard to Ashley. And if I'm Ashley, I'm like, oh, please would be nice. Yeah, right. And Ashley's <laughs> just like, oh, BT dubs. You know how my father got transferred to London? Me sitting there going, what? Surprise Pikachu face? <laughs> uh, oh, oh, by the way, fun fact about Frank. Um, the immediate way to get on my nerves is to give me orders like this. Me too. Like a servant. 
Like, I will straight up just stare at you until you apologize and give me a please. I'll do anything you want. You just say please and thank you. Yeah, same. I'm, I'm very similar. The second you demand it of me, I get very obstinate. Yeah. Okay, but yeah, once again, out of nowhere, out of what? Um, Ashley's dad is in the BBC. Right. And, like, she also is like, I got a summer job working on this thing called T-Girl, which kind of tickled me because I definitely remember during that era being in, like, very early trans, like, online circles. Not really early, but, like, you know, very, like, the live journal mm-hmm. trans circles. I know that, like, T-Girl stood for trans girl. So, like, I was, like, sitting there like, wait, what? <laughs> Is Ashley, what? Ashley's not trans. What's she doing? And then I was like, oh, this is just some weird, weird little thing. Don't overthink it, Donnie. Yeah. Me still sitting there going, huh. <laughs> but trying to keep watching the episode. Um, but yeah, so apparently she has some... Wait, so the transcript, I miss this line. Craig, in a British accent, no small bullocks, no small bullocks, oi. No small balls? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> was this just a first draft? Like, what is going on? Or did they just literally just pick up somebody's fan fiction and they're just like, fuck it. <laughs> uh, it says Kevin Smith in this episode. We'll get him. It's just so... Yeah, it does read like a first draft, right? Like where you're still trying to figure out the characters' voices. So like you're like, you write it and you're like, I'll edit this later. <laughs> like that's how it feels. It feels like a lot of the lines are like, I got like the, the right idea. I need to just go back. I need to just go back. Like I just had to get this done because if I don't, then I'm never going to finish this draft. Like that's how a lot of this episode feels. Yeah. But then they didn't go back. Um... Um, Craig's like, once again, I'm just like, hey, okay, trouble. he's already slipping back into the Craig thing. You're not going to London. And Ashley is trying to reason with him. Mm-hmm. And she's like, look, I'll IM you every day. I've, oh my God, I want to know what their, everybody's IM screen name is. Oh, that would be good. <laughs> Can we talk about hours on here? Sure. Yes, we did, right? I'm not, oh, no, I don't think so. Okay. Because I don't think Ames ever come up before. Oh. I was Samwise the Brave. Fair enough. With an A that was a four. Um, I was writer 8843 because I didn't understand the numbers at the end meant your date of birth. <laughs> <laughs> and I had an internet, and because, and I remember, if listeners of Team Girl Talk remember the time I revealed I had an internet girlfriend who I met on a Digimon website named X Mimi Tachikawa X. <laughs> oh, I was like, we should meet up sometime. And that was the last time I ever talked to her because she was probably either like my age, thought I was a horrifying like predator, or was just a 45 year old man. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> All right. Oh, boy. But, yeah, so, um, Craig does that kind of pushy thing. He's like, yeah, well, we're going to be be uh, performing maybe for Kevin Smith. Wow. And then Ashley, speaking in my voice, says, what? How? Right. Right. <laughs> and they smooth, and, and that's where we're at. Um, <laughs> we're at the mall, then, and Oleander is with Paige, unfortunately. And he's like, yeah, I got to go to Yukon for work. Um, quote, I am selling furniture, eating macaroni broke. <laughs> and tree planting pays. And tree planting pays. My parents cut off my tuition money. <laughs> Good job, Mr. and Mrs. Ollie. <laughs> right? It's like, oh, you were a fucking freak? Goodbye. <laughs> Those are the only, like, anybody who has actually been like, wow, this is fucked up. I swear to shit. 
here's my okay so here's my thing and i had to look this up because i was just like please tell me he's going to the same place as tracker no is he yeah no tracker went to alberta he's going to the yukon yeah i was gonna say i was like i don't think that's the same spot um yeah like he's just like i gotta go and then he's like i'll be back please don't be i'm like sitting there going like please just go away I hope a tree falls on him. Right. I mean, I know he's planting trees, but I hope a tree still falls on him. It's just like... And once again, though, and and this is what bugs the shit out of me about how this whole entire plot is, is like... It's not being shown... He's still being seen as like, oh, well, I'll be back for you, blah, blah, blah. Like, it's not being seen as like, yeah, no, you're a shitbag and these are consequences. I had to go do a physically demanding job because of my stupidity that got me fired. Right, like, I lost my education and I lost my opportunity to pursue a career field that allegedly I was really into because I had to be a fucking creep. But, like, that's not how what they're going to say. And yeah. that's what infuriates me about this plot. Um, Marco jumps in. He's like, hey, hey. And Oleander leaves to go grab sodas. Okay, well, here's the thing. Marco says, hey, I just saw your old boss. The mere sight of Miri took six years... Took six years... Took six years off my life. <laughs> Boom, there it is. Did Paige quit the theater? I don't know anymore. <laughs> um, Paige is just like, diet squeezy dress. Because... And Marco's like, oh, Dave, just wreck a moment. Yeah, you did. Good job, Marco. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Paige is upset because the summer job will kick in before prom. And I'm just like, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then we cut to the gymnasium. Manny is upset. And Marco, you got, you got some points for breaking up that awful moment between Matt and... Paige, but you're losing moments for not falling through on your promises. Right. And then he's just like, yeah, well, like, I gotta say, Paige, and, like, you know, you could tell Toby, dot, dot, dot. Um, and Manny's really upset, and I don't really blame her, because she's just kind of like, more bullshit. Like, more shit just being tossed on me in my already miserable life. Yeah. <sighs> That's the thing, is, like, Manny never really gets a win. And it's really upsetting. Yeah. And I understand why she goes the way that she does in this episode. Because it's just like, she just gets constantly fucked over. It's like, who is Manny's true friend? Who yeah. hasn't, like, truly fucked her over yet? Okay, but here's the thing. I don't think this is Marco not being a true friend. No, but I understand why she reacts the way she does. Yeah. Because it's just more on the pile of bullshit. I don't... I think that it's not a good idea to give back on a date. I, I don't think that's, like, a good idea. But it's not the end of the world. But... For, I understand why Manny reacts the way that she does. Yeah. But, um, so Manny's upset. She walks in on Paige not knowing the choreography. At least she claims she doesn't like it. But Darcy's claiming that she doesn't know it. Um, and then Paige just kind of goes on a power trip, says that Manny should be the mascot. Paige is going to be the flyer for it. And also it's two hours before the performance. Everyone's kind of freaking out. She then threatens to kick anyone out of the team who questions it. And I'm just sitting here going, where's the advisor? Yeah. Where's the coach? <laughs> is there a coach? Wasn't Hezlaco's the advisor? <laughs> yeah, like, is this just like, which would be kind of interesting because I think that happens a lot when someone gets promoted. If, if it was a case of like, where's Hasselakos? Like, let's talk to Hasselakos. Hasselakos too busy. I'm in charge now. And everyone's being like, ah! Yeah. That's the thing. It's like, I understand that I, I come down on this series a lot when it comes to like when the adults are missing. And this is like a critique that I had early in the series as well. My argument is that 
adults are a huge part of teenagers' lives, even if they're adversaries. And when you take adults entirely out of the conversation, this it it just lacks a little bit of the layers. Yeah. I I that's just my personal take. I know not everyone may agree with that take, but I really truly believe when Degrassi loses its way is when it really separates itself from the adults. Yeah. Because that is such a real adversary for a teenager to have. Or such a real like betrayal when the adult is not there when you need them. And I think this would have been a good moment of them being like, Paige, you can't do that. Paige, you can't do that. I'm going to tell Hasselakos. And it's like, you're not going to fucking tell Hasselakos. Like, Paige is like, you're not telling Hasselakos. Yeah. Um, so they force Manny to become the mascot. Um, or else everybody's off the squad, which good luck trying to force that two hours before your thing. Right. Um, Manny is purging her locker of everything from this year. Don't toss Justin! <laughs> um, I mean, head, head. I don't know why I can't. I was like yawning, and for whatever reason, my Darcy voice just came out like that. I'm sorry, Darcy. No, I, I'm just wondering, like, had, had he gone solo at this point? I think, yeah. I think so, yeah. I think Justified had come out. Justified came but out. But not, yeah. um. Future Sex Love Sounds. Yes. The funniest fucking name <laughs> in the history of ever. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, like, such a good fucking album. Sure. I, I like it. I was not listening to that kind of music when that came out. I mean, well, I mean, I should say, but I like it. I mean, I just like that one song called Damn Girl because it's so fucking ridiculous. That reminds me of Bear Away. Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. Damn, girl. Damn, girl. Damn, girl. Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh Damn, girl. Damn, God! <laughs> um, Amazing. Because, <laughs> like, I love, like, if I'm going to listen to roman- romantic pop music, I want it to be fucking ridiculous like Barry White. Come here, my dear. Take off your brassiere. I'm like, was, sure. no- was nobody just like, Barry, brassiere is not sexy. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so, we're, so, yeah, Manny's purging, um, and purging all of her shit from the year, and Darcy is just like, I wish we could just purge Paige. <laughs> Toss her off a high horse. <laughs> if only there was a 12-hour period where rules didn't count. If only we did not launch people up in the air as an extracurricular activity. Yo, this is like the first time they've shown how dangerous cheerleading is. Yeah. Like... But- no, it's not. Haven't other people... People have gotten injured during cheerleading stuff. Mo- no, I'm getting confused with every other time Manny has beefed it. I don't think she's actually beefed it. I think cheerleading. I think she's just existed and fucking busted her ankle. <laughs> Darcy is just like, now it is time for Paige to beef it. Yeah, and Manny's just like, oh, I got a little plan. As an expert in beefing. Yeah, like, as an expert falling up my ass. I got a fucking plan. It's like... It's very devious. It's a bit over the top. There's a part of me that kind of likes it. Yeah. Because it's just like, I feel like when you get very, it, it embodies like what happens when you're in the red zone where you get so fucking angry, you don't think about logic. You're like, yeah, I'm going to fucking do this. I'm going to fucking do this. And then you do it. You're like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like they, ha- they begin to conspire. And we go to the gym. We have the end of the year celebration, blah, blah, blah. Hasselhoff goes make a speech. Kevin Smith is there. Um, talking about, like, filmmaking and, like, soda versus pop. He's, like, filming things. And he's talking about, like, ooh, look, there's free soda here. You fancy. And, like, them being, like, call it pop. Do they? I don't know. <laughs> Man, that's Mike. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, no, I'm being very serious. Because, like, I've been in that area and I don't remember anybody calling it pop. Yeah, no. But I'm not sure. I'm not sure if maybe I wasn't listening enough. So, 
I, I, I mean, I don't drink soda, so it never really came up. I'm, like, trying to think, because I don't, unless it was one of those, you know what it might have been? It might have been just, like, every single time I, I uh, was there, like, you just used the brand name? Yeah, or I think maybe we've gotten so old, people are just, like, their first thing is going to be to offer us alcohol, and then, mm-hmm. like, our responsibility, like, no, can I have a soda? And they're like, oh, soda means, and then I can bring it up, you know? Right, yeah, because it's like, I've never seen Canada as an American, I've never seen it characterized as a place that uses pop. Yeah. It's only up in the Midwest. Um, I heard someone say bubbler when I was traveling. Yeah. I like, I did a double, sorry, there's a lot of spikes today. I did like a triple take. So I was like, what the fuck is a bubbler? And then I thought for two seconds, I was like, oh shit, that's a water fountain. I, I, I thought that was like another name for soda. I'm like. That's even more confusing because water fountains don't generally bubble. Right. No, I was like, what? Like, this is where I really reveal how Jersey I am because I'm seeing her going, what the fuck is a bubbler? I think I was like at like a truck stop. I was like, what are you talking about? And then I was like, oh, oh I understand now. Yeah, on my way to Canada, I stopped at like a truck, like an actual truck stop. Yeah. I was just like, whoa, this place is weird. I like it. Yeah. No, I, my problem is like me as a person, which you probably picked up on, if you listen to this podcast, I have the emotional capacity. If you know those pictures of those two chihuahua, like the two shots of that chihuahua and the first one where the chihuahua is like, like mouth is open and the other one where the chihuahua is like very serene and calm. <laughs> like that is me where like I react and then I actually think about it. I'm like, oh, okay. And this is why I'm in therapy. Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, so Kevin Smith is there. He's like weirdly flirting and he's like, oh, well, Caitlin, I need you to help me translate Canadian. And it's like, yo, what, you're making us look like idiots from Jersey. <laughs> I know I sound like an idiot every week on this podcast, but come on. Uh, um, <laughs> Spirit Squad goes out. Unless you have more takes about this. I just... Okay, well, the fact that Kate was like, oh, stop. Yeah, it's so weird, because it's like, I can't... She's not acting in a way that is, like, cl- like it, enough of a guide as a viewer of her being like fuck off so like i sit there going like is she into him is she into him is she gonna cheat on joey with fucking kevin smith is this is kevin smith gonna cheat on his wife what the fuck is happening that's so weird also like why is every adult plot about like potentially cheating on your partner because <laughs> that's apparently all these like adulthood is not that much about that no and i say that as someone who has had has been cheated on in the past. Yeah. Like, your life is not actually that consumed by it, if you have the right people. My life is mostly consumed by going to work and making sure I'm still fed in yeah. a somewhat healthy fashion. Yeah, I think like my life as an adult is going to work. Cats. Taking care of my cats. Trying to eat and trying my best not to eat at like 1 a.m. Yeah. As my first meal. Um, and crying about video game characters. Yeah. That's it. We had a whole discussion about crying over Eddie King characters before we started this. Oh, man, everybody. Okay, we can't get the reason that one. Okay. (laughs) We're going to keep going. Um, So... I will let you have your fire up on the episode, I swear, but, like, we need to keep moving. (laughs) I need you to play, and then I'll just, like, cry for two hours. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Um, Anyway, Spirit Squad goes out. Manny, like, barely even has the mascot head on, which is really fucking funny. She's just like, ugh, and, like, puts it on front and center. Everyone can see her. Um... The, you know, she, Paige gets set up for the lift, and the girls just fucking 
drop her, and you hear an ankle snap as she lands. Yeah, um, Kayla, Kayla I do like it line. So that's the gym. Yeah, she's just like, so that's the gym. <laughs> Which and reminds me of, like, awkward, I don't know what I'm doing, Caitlin. And Manny's doing, <laughs> the like, best the best Caitlin. Yeah, that's, like, the only Caitlin I like. And, and Manny's doing the fucking hip gyrating shit, and it's like, yo, Manny. It, I would have loved if Hesalakos is as she, like, is, like, jumping into action, because, you know, she's the principal, just... Almost like it gets cut off as she moves away, but she's like, and that about sums up the year. And she uh, <laughs> that would be funny and kind of true. <laughs> um, so then we go to the studio, and the music producer has his hand against his head, his eyes wide, as, and then he says that he wanted Husker Du. Husker Du. Husker Du, sorry. No, he, he says it wrong. Okay. Husker Du, by way of the Meat Puppets, with some Van Halen? Maybe a soup song of Van Halen. I swear to God, they just like started just blundering like bands. I mean, I don't know Meat Puppets, but I know Husker Du and I know Van Halen. Um, Meat Puppets um, are a very obscure band. I I have the, one of their albums. Of course you do. <laughs> um, it's because well, like if you listen to the Nirvana Unplugged um, oh. album, they actually perform three of their songs, uh, Plateau. Oh Me, and Lake of Fire. Oh, and you know, I think I vaguely do remember that, but it's been so long since I've ever even thought about Nirvana, to be real with you. Kurt Cobain does a much better job of singing them than, like, here, I can give you my best meatballs, but we're those going, they die, but don't go to heaven with Oh, it's that song. Fly. That song. Okay, yes, I have heard of them, I guess. Anyways. Like, intentionally out of tune. Yeah. Like, let's go listen to it and tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah, so, like, Craig is like, yeah, but do you think we nailed it? And the guy's like, no. And he, it's really weird also because he says that Ashley is, like, a Kate Bush impersonator and Craig is a wannabe Bon Jovi. And those are, like, two descriptions I would not give either of them. Yeah. Like, I would not call Ashley a, like, Ashley wishes she was a Kate Bush impersonator, first off. Yeah, and, like, we come from the land... <laughs> We come from the land down under. No, we come from the land of Bon Jovi. We know what Bon Jovi sounds like. Right, right. It's like, I feel like there were better disses that he could have come up with that would have been appropriate. Yeah. Because it's like, yeah, I was like listening. I'm like, no, no, she's not. She's not at all like Kate Bush. I believe she's listened to Kate Bush. Yeah. I believe that. But I wouldn't call, like, I wouldn't say that her style is trying to emulate Kate Bush. Yeah. Anyway, um, the kids are, like, really upset. And, like, Ashley's just like, we suck. Yeah. Like, that classic, like, teenage, like, really pouty. She's so good when she's mad or upset. Yeah. Like, that's my favorite Ashley, because I think she is really good at emoting anger and sadness. Yeah. But I also feel like this is, like, another point where they could have been like, this is what it means to try and make it in the music business. You're going to get your shit kicked in. Right, that's the thing. It's like you you're not going to even if you have somebody who gives you a chance, it's it's not going to be that top tier person. It's not going to be the person who coordinated music for like a Kevin Smith movie. It it's it's going to be small scale. And I understand because like even like you could even be like, "Well, they they got the recording time, but when they did, <laughs> it's Marco and the accordion going <laughs> and singing Craig's song." Like 
they've kind of squandered some of their opportunities, so they're, it's going to be an uphill battle. And that's not to say, once again, you can't have characters want that goal or want that dream and still be within this kind of slice-of-life thing. You can, but you do have to understand that the stakes are going to be against them because they are just your average kid. They're not going to have the nepotism that other people would yeah. because they are ultimately just kids living in a town going to school. Yeah. Well, they, like, you know what it would have been? It would have been more realistic if, like, Ashley's dad was able to get their song onto something with the BCC. Yeah, or... Or BBC. Or, like, they were just pulling it, like, Taylor Swift at the beginning of her career of just, like, I'm playing to a parking lot with five people in it. Right, but that's the thing. It's, like, <laughs> you know, playing for a, you know, playing for a car wash. I think that's a realistic yeah. thing. Playing at the dot, maybe. Play, like, in an open mic. Playing in, in, in like, the main area of Toronto and opening for a band. Those all make sense to me. And working your way up. And, yes, it's going to mean that that plot is going to take a while for it to fully take form. But I think that it is possible. Yeah. But, like, if you're only being interviewed by the freaking grapevine, like, you haven't met it, made it yet. No. Okay. Cut back to Pretty Pretty. Yep. So we're back at Pretty Pretty... Emma's right, trying to reassure Manny, even though Manny's dressed all in black, and it's just like, you know, just like, fuck me, I guess. Okay, once again, another confusing line. Manny, fine, 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 as in boring, like mass, Latin, with hot, with holy hot altar boys out the flute? I thought that was, that they're out with the flu. I think that's an error on the transcript. Okay, still confusing. <laughs> Um, I kind of get the Catholic vibe that she's going for, but yeah, it's still a little odd. Yeah, it's just like the way that she says things. I understand what they're trying to convey with her, but the execution of them is a little off. Yeah, all um, her her retorts fall flat, particularly. Um, Emma's just like obviously She's like, yeah, this looks like something the older boys would wear. And Manny says, like, this dress makes me happy. And Pointing at the pink one. Emma is like, and you know, I actually liked Emma supporting Manny. Yeah. Like, you know, it's a nice change from the Hazel Page dynamic. Right. And she's just like, look, Page isn't going to the, uh, Page isn't going to the the formal. This is the maniest dress ever. Also, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, I think she looks hideous in it, but you know, whatever. <laughs> it makes her happy. Yeah. It doesn't matter. <laughs> okay, well, no, I feel like it. the pink does kind of speak to Manny's soul, but I'm it's, like... It's it's a lot of pink yeah, in a style, uh, a cut that's not really... But also, that was a cut of the time period, and I don't think it really worked on it. I was wearing, I was wearing an onion on my belt, which was the style at the time. Mm-mm-mm. All right. Um, JT's announcing, cheese buffet opens at 10. Why is there a cheese buffet? <laughs> why is there a cheese buffet? Also, why is there a cheese buffet at 10 p.m.? <laughs> Um, what the fuck? Um, he and Liberty are absolutely smitten with each other, blah, 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 blah. It's quite nice. Well, they, apparently they came over together. <laughs> right. And then Darcy runs over toward Manny, and she's like, do you feel terrible? I feel terrible. And Manny's like, it's cool. We'll just vote for Paige for prom queen, and all will be fine. And I'm going to go dance with Toby for extra penance. She suddenly becomes so Catholic in this episode. Like, suddenly. Like, she goes from, like, definitely raised in a religious household to Catholic. Which is different. Um, which almost would be funny if she if she and Marco were both written as, like, Catholic but from different cultures. But, like, there's still those similarities. It would be kind of interesting. Yeah. 
Marco is also written deeply Catholic, but that's consistent. Do you think they go to the same church? Maybe, maybe not. Because uh, Catholic churches can have their own little niches. Because like where I, when I went to where I when I where I was raised, there were like three major Catholic churches, which speaks a lot to where I'm from. Um, and there was like a very specific vibe at each Catholic church. Yeah. Anyway. Um, anyway. So Paige is being lowered out of the back of an ambulance on crutches. Um, and she's just kind of listing all of how the ways that the dances of the past sucked and the dance right now sucked. Maybe we should just read most of this. Okay. Ninth grade. My date is orange and I'm... Wait. Was Spinner orange? Yeah. Oh. Whatever Spinner... All right, ninth grade. My date is orange and I'm sporting a screaming sunburn. Tenth grade. Our limo driver, Jim, Jim Boychead, the criminal, does on a cop cruiser. Eleventh grade. It gets worse. Hopped up on painkillers, I arrive at a date who doesn't like girls on the special bus. Hello, everyone. Happy prom. This is so perfectly festive. Jimmy blesses Saul. <laughs> right. Jimmy, like, does not just run her over. Are you finished? No. My armpits hurt. Um, and then... My favorite... I think my fa- one of my favorite moments in the entire series <laughs> is Hazel just shutting Paige down. Yeah. Because she's just like, I wanted just one good night. This is this is the Hazel I wanted since Jimmy got shot. Right. Like, the Hazel that is just like, I am here for my boyfriend. I love him so much. All you, you suck. Can, all you can just shut your goddamn piles. Right. <laughs> like... And Marco, once again, trying to be the good boy. Um, the tantrums have been thrown. Hazel's was not a tantrum. No. Hazel's was, like, yelling at a child throwing a tantrum. Right. Right. It comes from a... Um, but I absolutely love this. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if you want to read it or do you have anything else on sure, it? Sure, I can read it. I can read exactly what she says because I do think that it's boom. So, Hazel says... Paige goes, no, my armpits hurt. And Hazel goes... More than your armpits will hurt if you don't shut your pie hole. I wanted this to be special for him, and all you can do is whine. One more thing. Manny stepped up and ran the spirit squad for you when you were too self-involved. All she wanted was a thank you, but you could but could you give her that? Oh no. And then Paige goes, She was horrible to me. And Hazel goes, But can you tell me what you had to be can you tell me why you had to be more horrible back? Why you always have to be more horrible? And I love, that's the part I really love. Yeah. I love, I think that I'm very into this narrative right now for many reasons, but I'm very into this idea of like, take fucking accountability. Like, I understand that you were hurt, but take accountability. And I, I think that's the piece that I think is the most important part of what Hazel says, which is just like, sure, you have been fucked over. We are not like, you know, disregarding that you have been fucked over, but you gotta do better. You gotta step up. So, I think that's really, really fucking good. Yeah. God, I love you, Hazel. (laughs) I know. The thing is, it's like, I feel like her actress is so strong that she has more of a presence in my mind than she actually does in the series. And I think that is solely because I think the actress is tremendous. Yeah. I think the actress does a great work. Just great work. And it really infuriates me because it does make me have to acknowledge that how underutilized she was. I feel like... Hazel and Jimmy, if we were doing those what your Degrassi um, ship says about you, like, you're a sucker for characters who desperately need more screen time. Right. 
Man, if we make a ship thread, that'd be so fucking funny. <laughs> um, so Toby and Manny have apparently been dancing for a while. Manny throws Emma at Toby to get away. Ugh. Man, he just like crawls up on Emma's bosom, and I just longed for death. <laughs> Um, anyway, Caitlin and Kevin are walking around prom, they, um, and Kevin Smith is still flirting with Caitlin. Why are they there? <laughs> right, right. It's like, it's a very weird situation, and, and like, also it's one of those things where it's like, I feel like what he would glean from like a, um, you know, like a news search is probably more than enough to make it want to be a setting, because then he can have the whole angle of like, oh look, like this place had like a shooting. And now, like, we're going to make it different. Well, no, my thing more is just, like, he was at the school during the day. Right, why does he need to go to prom? Like, what is the point of all this? Is there going to be a prom in the, in the movie? Like, um... I don't know. Okay, well, Caitlin says, I'm here to help you check the place out. It doesn't qualify as a date. To which Kevin says, so we and my prom dates are the exact same thing. Well. <sighs> Woof. But, um, yeah, I just, at one point my note was like, is this fanfic? And once again, I don't like disparaging fanfic ever. Um, as people know by now, like, I write it. I still actively write it. I am a big advocate for, like, fanfic being a good, valid thing. But there's something very, like, once again, like, there's something about the way that this is being written is that it, it feels more like wish fulfillment. I think that's what it is. It's more wish fulfillment. Less that this is a plot on Degrassi. This is like Kevin Smith's wish fulfillment as opposed to this is a plot on Degrassi. Um, yeah, it's just like... <laughs> you know, I, I totally agree. Like, you know, like, we give, like... I, I saw somebody in defense of, like, Mary Sue writing, and it's just like, yeah, like, you want to write a kick-ass character that everybody falls in love with. Well, like, you sometimes you have to do that. Mm-hmm. Because, like, there aren't enough good female characters for you to, like, Precisely. glean from. But, like, when your episode, like, when the, this, this is, this isn't a fan fiction. Right. Like, this you is, don't have like, to judge up the canon because the can you are making the canon. Yeah. Like, there's a difference between me being, like, I'm going to take this character that you didn't write well and I'm going to make him better and give him more, like, I'm going to write his family, I'm going to write him characters, I'm going to write more characterization for him, I'm going to make him trans, I'm going to do, like, you know, X, Y, Z. You're making the canon. You don't have to make him better than he already is. Yeah. There's no need to zhuzh it up. Yeah, like, I mean, there's an episode of Battlestar that I refuse to watch called The Woman King, which is just, like, what I refer to as, uh, this is going to not mean anything except for people who watch Battle Battlestar, but, like, it's Hilo fan fiction, and I hate it, because it's just, like, everybody's acting out of character and nothing makes sense. I hate that. Like, you know, if, like, you want to put that in your fan fiction, fine, cool. And, like, you know, sometimes you get called out for it and whatnot, but, like, it's still your take on the character. Right. And that is perfectly justified. Right. But when the writers are doing this, I'm just like... I know the logic of the show. I've been watching it for four seasons at this point. Right. It doesn't fit with the logic of the show, and that's where it gets annoying. Because it's not like an AU that someone wrote. It's not like, or even an AU within the canon or anything like that. Like, oh, someone got, is it like dreaming this? It's just odd. Yeah. Um, that's what I mean. It's not that it's fanfic. It's that it's wish fulfillment in a universe that doesn't, that you are creating the canon, so you don't have to have wish fulfillment. You just have it. Yeah. 
So, um, Paige and Manny, uh, meet up. Like, Paige is angry that Manny's wearing the same dress. Mm-hmm. Um. JT's trying to de-escalate. He's like, you could be the first co prom queens. You could be mittens. You could be bookends. And Manny's like, we're not bookends. I'm like, why is it that that's the one they had issue <laughs> These bookends have distance between the two of them. Um, Ashley and Craig are performing. Uh... And then, like, somehow, did Paige have the ballot box with her, or was she just making copies? No, she was literally photocopying. Um, while Ashley and Craig are performing, um, Kevin Smith does, like, a weird, like, we're not worthy bow to them. Um, Ashley definitely dressed like how I did for dances, and I just wanted to point that out. I forget. She's wearing, like, a polka-dotted dress with, like, a, a teal sash tied off on the waist, and she's wearing, like, a black cardigan. Man, I wore that. I definitely wore that, and that's okay. It's okay. You know? It's okay. I feel seen, and that's what matters. Um, but yeah, Paige is photocopying and passive-aggressively muttering, like, you go Manny Santos. I'll get you, my pretty. Right. And then we end up at the um, exit of the gym area. Ashley and Craig are walking out. Um, they smooch and talk. And Ashley says, like, you know, I'll miss him, miss you, um, and I have nothing left to prove, and, like, I could just go to England now. Um, and he's just, like, kind of collapses into a heap, and she is, like, reassuring him. Which, once again, I feel like then the whole entire Craig and Ashley plot should have been, maybe, that they have this potential opportunity to submit a demo and potentially have this type of thing happen, but it should be, like... I feel like this thing of Ashley feeling satisfied by where she's at should have been more at the forefront. Yeah. Because I think that is where the story really is. And I think they kind of skirted around it being the story. But I don't think they... Because like she's like too happy to the opportunity when Craig tells her for me to fully feel like this is what the main takeaway of it is. But there is something to be said about, like, you know, Craig is determined for fame. And we can kind of see that in how he relates to downtown Sasquatch and his... Like, you know, how he was just kind of like, whatever, I'm going to focus with Ashley... But also, it's like, it would have been nice to see this a little more and would have made this fame plot a little more realistic because it could have set up that Craig in the long haul wants fame. Now yeah. Craig has to do this alone. And I feel like all these elements were kind of floating there, but I think they were all too jarring to fully make that happen. It would have been nice if somebody called Craig a sellout. <laughs> Ooh, but that was such a real thing back then, too. Like, such a real thing. Like, that was such like a real threat people gave to each other. So that also would have been interesting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> don't you remember when it used to be a bad play, the shitty reggae, Craig? Oh, God! <laughs> don't you remember? Don't you remember? <laughs> so anyway. Um, we call prom king and queen. Jimmy wins. Prom king. Yay. Manny is queen. Paige hobbles over. Pulls on Manny's dress and pulls it off. Then also whacks her ankles and trips her into the arms of Kevin Smith. And I wish I was making this up. Why are we stripping a, like, 16-year-old girl on a TV show? Oh, right. Why are we doing that? Like, why do I have to watch that? Why are we also upping the ante of this level of humiliation to a girl who's already been humiliated multiple times? Why? why? I have a lot of why questions on this one. And... You know, Paige does, like, that laugh that I feel like Degrassi does a lot, where, like, the character laughs, vaguely realizes the consequences of their actions, but keeps laughing. Degrassi's really good at that as, like, a scene closer. 
Um, I'm I'm already rewriting. Actually, I'm sorry. I'm rewriting the fan fiction list in my head, where like Alex just shows up, catches Manny, then runs her out of the gym. Oh, so good. <laughs> I was talking to Frank about how much I wished. Alex was here, but mostly what I wish Alex was here for was I wanted Alex and Marco to dance, and I wanted Alex to be like, yo, can we talk about how fucking ugly that dress is over there? Can we please talk about how ugly it is? And, and Marco's like, Alex, we're in the we're in public. You can't just run your mouth like that. And she's like, yeah, but it's so fucking ugly. And finally, he's like, yeah, you're right. It is really fucking ugly. And like Marco, just, and now Marco's just like, oh my god, over there, that's Kevin Smith. And then Alex Lila going. Who? Yeah. He's like, yeah, you're right. It doesn't really matter. And just keeps dancing. <laughs> like, I just want Alex and Marco to just have, like, women loving women, men loving men, solidarity forever. It's very fucking good. Um, yeah. So, we're at the party. Um, Kevin... Uh, Craig is more, like, on the outskirts of it. It's hard to tell because there's still decorations. And Kevin is, like, kind of talking, makes a joke about his movie quality as he walks over to Craig. Um... Okay, I'm just going to... So, I've listened to a fair amount of Kevin Smith's podcasts, and what I want to do now is I will go through and I will tell you what is basically movie Kevin, like, what is literally, like, this is him from Chasing Amy, versus what is, I believe, him in real life. Mm-hmm. Okay? Uh, or at least the, per- the, the person he presents himself on his podcast. Okay. Alright, hey, I know that kid. Hey, kid, get off my set. That sounds like podcast Kevin. Right. Um, do you want to just do, do Craig? Sure, but I... Alright. Sorry, I didn't pull up, pull up the transcript yet. Alright, I'll just do Craig. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, just do Craig. Okay. Craig, sorry, you working here? Kevin, no we're not, it's okay. Dude, I never work. And, and that thing, I don't know how it operates. Ever seen one of my flicks? It kind of shows. Podcast, Kevin. Yeah, I like the one with the guys hanging outside the 7-Eleven. Kevin, yeah, that kind of narrows it down a bit. Why aren't you inside promoting it up? Um... Podcast, Kevin. And this is where we enter into kind of, like, chasing Amy, Kevin. Because, like, he gives this whole speech about, like... Like, if you've... Donnie hasn't seen Chasing Amy. Chasing no. Amy, like, if you've seen it, you know the speech I'm talking about. Uh, Me. Nods. <laughs> uh, I don't want to read this whole thing. But, yeah, like, he goes into these long speeches about, like... Just throw yourself into your work, and I'm going to hire you, and my music guy's an idiot. And I'm just like, why do you keep him on then? Right. <laughs> like, um, like, I flat out caught the prom queen, you know, what kind of huge current debt that is to pay back. You did a nice thing. That's not a debt. Like, yeah, it's, yeah. So anyway, um, we cut to the washroom where Paige is, I guess, trying to, um, trying to, uh, make up with Manny and, like, offers her pins, I guess, to pin her dress back together. Yeah, I guess it's torn, so. And he says, if it were legal, I'd offer you painkillers. Um... And the two, like, have a spat about, like, all the things they've done to each other over the year. Mm-hmm. And, um, wow, I'm, like, I'm blanking on if this is the same, um, if this is the same year that Manny had the pregnancy. No, it was last season. Okay, because I remember they were 
good last season. But, like... you Okay, Paige, you broke my leg. Man, you made me be the mascot. Paige, you made me look stupid. Man, you took credit for my work. Paige, you got Matt fired. Matt got himself fired. He was a scumbag. Well, that's the thing, right? Because it's like... That should be... Like, Paige has not had the realization that she was being exploited. Yeah. Or is being exploited, rather. She has not made that realization. But also, nobody has necessarily had that realization very much themselves. Manny is the closest to having this realization outside of, like, Snake. Yeah. Um, then, like, Manny says, I don't remember, but you started it. And Paige is like, you just me at Spirit Squad. You made me look like, like, you make me look full fat spaz. There's a lot of ableism, like, low-key throughout this episode with Yeah, can Manny. we... Okay, so from now on... I we just, put an ableism content warning, but not only, like, the special bus comment and now this comment, it's... it's. Yeah, I think from now on, I'm just gonna... if When it comes to that, because I know it's a slur in England, I'm just going to say S-slur, they say... Yeah, that. sure. Um, and, like, the two of them... It, I don't know what you, you want to call this make, make up, but it's just it's like... It's weird. Um, Manny's like, don't drink anything else tonight. The girls went out for laxatives. Question mark. Like, are they going... Like, uh, it's so weird. And then, thanks for the tip. Well, at least it's summer now. Manny, yeah, summer's good. Episode ends. Confusing. Um, it's not like... It's not a, It's not the type of shaky truce that I think is, is what they were going for. Because I think there is a time and place for a shaky truce, and I think a shaky truce can actually be really good. But in this case, it's it's this weird... It's just confusing. There are lines that literally I'm listening to, and I'm like, I don't get it. No. The laxative line also confuses me, because I, I assume that meant that like they put laxatives in the punch. Yeah. Or some sort of like communal drink. But I'm not sure. Yeah. It's just, like, a weird one-off line about, like, what is essentially an eating disorder thing. Right. Like, it's gross. It is. I agree. Um, C-. minus. Yeah. Like, I mean, this episode was easy to get through. Yeah. But it just... It was so bizarre. Well, I think the problem that they're running into with how they're writing a lot of these episodes is, is that they're just having girls be antagonistic toward each other. And it's like, is there conflict with girls all the time? But I think that when you just constantly have them be adversaries, you run away from, I think, the joy that was some of the earlier seasons where they were pals, ultimately. At the end of the day, even if they had disagreements, they were still friends. And I feel like that happens, especially in high school relationships, where, yeah, you have a couple girls that you fucking hate. But ultimately, like, at the end of the day, a lot of people, they're still your your friend. And and I think for better or for worse, right? I think that there are a lot of high school relationships that are not good for both parties. But there's a loyalty when you are a teenager that is very hard to let go of. And I think that this entity of the way that Degrassi girls are being written, you lose that loyalty that I think teenage girls deeply have. The thing is, I like for me that the what really bothers me is it just kind of this whole rivalry, like, if, 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 okay, I'm gonna get into, if I was writing this territory, mm. if I was writing this, I would have had Manny bring up, like, I used to look up to you, you used to watch out for us. Oh, that would be really good. And, like, like, and then all of a sudden, like, Matt shows up, and, like, I get it, things happened, but, like, 
you were always there for us, like, when we were younger, and mm-hmm. now you're just mean, and just, like, helping Paige remember the person she was. That would be good. Like, because I miss that Paige. I miss, like, right. tampon giving Paige, and, like... Right. Well, I think it was an Paige interesting... Paige being like, you're pregnant. <laughs> right. Like, there's an interest... Because there's an interesting... You know how, like, it's like, um... Like, a character writing technique is, like, list out, like, four qualities of them and then, like, make one contradictory to the other four, like, the other three. I think that's what was good about early Paige, where she had four qualities, let's say, and, like, they were all pretty, like, consistent with being a queen bee, but then it was, like, her, her, like, you changed one of them and one of them was she's supportive of fellow girls. Yeah. And, and that's what made her interesting and that's what made her more palatable, for lack of better terms. Yeah. But now they've gotten rid of that quality, and now we're left with this caricature, which we've seen a thousand times before in teen dramas. Like, Danny and uh, was watching Degrassi, was watching this episode. Uh, Danny's my housemate. You'll meet him next episode. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, am I supposed to like these girls? And I think that's a big issue. Because I think you're supposed to. You're supposed to in the earlier seasons. You're supposed to like those girls. You're supposed to want to cheer for them, and at the end of the day, they are still friends. But I think that in this entity, the thing that suffers the most is female friendship. I think that there are some good, I think the only, like, interesting good moments of female friendship we've really seen in this whole entire season is, like, any girls interacting with Alex, basically. Yeah. When girls interact with Alex, we get to that complicated but loyal thing. Because I think Alex is still a female character that still follows that rule of, like, four qualities, change one. Yeah. She's a tough girl, but she deeply wants people to do better. Yeah. Like, that's her her changed quality. Yeah. So that's why, like, when she interacts with Ellie, it's good. When she interacts with Paige, it's good. And honestly, she has been the thing that has gotten me through this season, for lack of better terms, has been Alex. Yeah. But all the other girls have not really been able to push against that. And Manny is literally crying for help almost every episode in some way. Like, there, she always ends up in this emotional spot where she's just like, I fucking hate my life. I fucking hate my life. I'm being treated like shit. And she's never given a moment to not be treated like shit. And it's really worrisome. Yeah. So, yeah. C minus. Yeah. Um... Character rankings. Uh, Caitlin. What? Two steps down. Okay. Like, cause I feel like we're definitely heading for like Caitlin cheating on Joey, and it's just stupid. Sorry, Caitlin, that the writers write you so shitty. Right. Um, Craig. One step up. Uh, no, you know what? Four steps up. Because mm-hmm. Craig, at least by the end, is just like, go to England, like, you had to do what's right for you. Like, we didn't really talk about that, but, like, I feel like that's kind of the thing. And mm-hmm. he, can, he can still be sad about it. That's okay. You can, right. You can still be like, I want you to do this thing, but I'm still going to be upset. Right. Um, Manny, for putting up with so much shit, well, two steps down. Like, you, she gained a bunch, but also loses a bunch because, like, she did formulate a plan to break Paige's ankle. Yeah. Paige, but is also losing like about ten spots because it's just like she was not nice this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, Marco for trying to be a good boy, you get to remain, you get to bump up a few spots. 
Hazel, those 10 spots that Paige lost, you're gaining. I loved you just putting your fucking foot down. Yeah. Jimmy, um, you're bumping up two spots for being really understanding with these, like, idiots. Mm-hmm. Um, JT and Liberty, I still think they're cute, and I still like them. <laughs> like, I like the idea of them being like, <laughs> we, we just like cheese, and we're planning this shit, so boom, cheese. Right, <laughs> right, they're just like, fuck it. Um, My city now. <laughs> Darcy, I think this is Darcy's first entrance on the on my my rankings. Yeah, I think you've just kind of like pushed her to the side for the most part. Well, I think she's actually becoming a known quantity now. So yeah. middle of the road uh, right now. I haven't really decided. Um, Toby, I don't know what bottomless pit you're in. But you're still trying to find the bottom of it because you're still acting weird. Ugh. Emma for. Being there for your bro, for your lady bro, um, mm-hmm. you're bumping up a few spots. Uh, Kevin Smith. Kevin so Smith. So fucking weird. Welcome to the scoreboard, Kevin Smith. A little below average. I don't like, I don't like, um, I don't like this weird, I'm gonna, fi- like, famous savior thing. Yeah. Like... <laughs> The only one I would really enjoy was just Helen Mirren showing up to be like, I'm here to teach all you girls about how to help each other. There we go. So. That would be nice. Miss Hazelakos, enjoy your summer. (laughs) You put up with some fucking shit. Right. Um, I think that's it. Okay. So now we can go to recommendations. This is where we recommend things that are either related or things we're enjoying, blah, blah, blah. Um, I finished up the Blue Lion Rat finally after how many months? It was a lot. I literally got to the end and sobbed. So, if you want a good cry, that might be a good option. Um, but to take a break before I jump into the next route, which is Golden Deer, I got Pokemon Shield. Um, so I admittedly am a very, um, I don't give a shit. I don't know. I just like cute Pokemon. I never really finish the games half the time. I'm just, I'm just doing me. Um, Leon's super cute, so, um, if you want a cute boy to look at within, I've only played one hour, so I'm just like, hello, Leon, you are, you are a crush, hello, I love you. Um, so if you want to see a cute boy, and if you want to see some Pokemon doing cute shit, apparently Shield is the way to go, it has the most cute Pokemon, but if you want Sword, I'm not gonna judge you. Um, but yeah, if you just want to have fun and dick around and look at Wooloos and cry, like, it could be a really good time. Um, that's all I really got. That's what I've been playing. I'll probably be playing more sometime this weekend. Um, I was going to recommend the, uh, Kevin Smith video where he goes to protest dogma at his local theater, but that's not really a recommendation. Uh, because it was American Thanksgiving this week, um, I'm going to recommend the episode of, uh, Letterkenny called Far Right Jay, Mm. where, um... Jay Baruchel, the voice of Hiccup from the How to Train Your Dragons movies. Oh my god. Plays an alt-right Nazi. Um, and then he gets the ever-loving shit kicked out of him by the gang on Letterkenny called The Natives. Um, it, mm. features, it features one of my favorite like exchanges where like he's having a discussion with Tannis, the leader of The Natives, and he's like, we don't practice violence, and Tannis just goes, we do. <laughs> and like... And then they just beat the shit out of them. It's amazing. Um, 
other than that, uh, you know, I also recommend a game. I've been playing, um, Manual Samuel, uh, which is a game where you play a jerk who goes to hell, and Def says, you don't have to stay in hell if you spend an entire day, uh, living manually, so, like, all the things your body does automatically, like, breathe and blink and whatnot, you have to, like, make sure you're doing. Mm-hmm. So, you like, A to, like, blink, X and B to, like, inhale and exhale, and just, like, keep your body moving correctly. Mm-hmm. It's pretty interesting. It's, like, it's a very short game, too. I think it's, like, only, like, two bucks on Steam, but... Okay. Yeah. All right. So, if you want to keep in touch with the podcast, there's a couple ways you can do it. You can follow us um, on Twitter at I Hope Pod. You can join our Facebook group at I Hope I Can Make It Through a Podcast. They're a little quiet on our end right now just because I'm still in the process of transitioning to my job. I've been told by my boss basically my life is going to be on fire until about January 1st is what she said exactly. Oh, wow. So I'm going to be really busy. If I have not, if you have not heard back from me, that's why. Um, because I do want to prioritize my job during this critical time. Um, if you want to email us, though, you can also do that. Any questions, comments, concerns, potential appearances for guests, um, email us at ihopepod at gmail.com. What I am hoping is as we get into 2020, um, and as my job finally starts getting figured out more, I'll be able to really help out with getting guests set up again. So if you are interested in appearing on Season 5, now is your chance to begin um, contacting us so we can start getting that stuff set up. So if you are interested at all in appearing on Season 5, we are definitely open for guests. Um, we encourage either your repeat people or if you are people who just want to give it a shot. Um, we encourage either or. Um, and we honestly have had guests that have had a lot of podcast experience. We've had guests with no podcast experience. Um, and honestly, you'll be surprised how like natural some folks are that have appeared on the show. Um, so I really encourage anybody and everybody... Um, and as always, we're looking for, um, we'll take anybody, but we do encourage, especially, uh, marginalized voices. Um, you do get paid a little bit to appear, and we also really want to hear your perspectives. Um, but no pressure, obviously. Um, there's other ways you can support the show, though. If you want to, you can donate to our coffee. Any money that we get from our coffee account goes to our tech upgrades or compensating guests. Um, and we also have our review challenge. So, um, I have not checked how many reviews we have right now. Um, but once we hit 20, we're going to go back into the Degrassi archives. We're going to check out Degrassi Junior High, Degrassi High episodes, and give you some bonus content. Once we hit 30, we're going to go back to one of our plotline shuffle things that we did during our little in-between episodes. Um, and we're going to actually write one of those. And when we hit 40, what was it? I said I was going to write Jay Spinner fiction. Yes. I said I was going to write Jay Spinner fiction, um, because I got really interested in their dynamic, um, last episode. Um, and we do not have a goal for 50, but honestly, to be real with you, I'm just gonna freaking probably just write some Alex Marco platonic fic at some point, and here you go. I don't need a challenge for that. I think I'm just gonna write it. Um, but there's a couple ways you can support the show, and thank you as always to everyone who has been supportive of us. We have been going through a lot, literally for the past, like, six months. Um, it has kind of been kicking our ass, but it's always been an honor and a privilege to be able to be on the show and talk to folks who have been impacted by the show, but also just, like, be able to hang out with my friends. So thank you for facilitating that. Um, if you want to talk to me individually, you can follow me at DM is Unbreakable. It is still Fire Emblem Central. I am writing fanfic. But if you want to see what my fanfic looks like, especially because I am so defensive of fanfic, you can check it out. 
Also, um, feel free to talk to me about Degrassi, ask any questions relating to it. Um, I am always up for it. And also, I do sometimes put up some invitations for fanfic prompts. So if you do want to hear me try and write Degrassi characters, I am definitely down. Uh, like I said, I really want to write some Alex Marco platonic fic. That's my take right now. That's my, the big idea that's consuming me. Um, uh, my, my Twitter is Dance Dance Fall. Um, I have another podcast called Teen Girl Talk that I do with my sister, where we just cover all kinds of teen media. Um, my YouTube channel is in a bit of hiatus right now as I figure out what to do with it. Uh, but I am currently posting chapters of one of my manuscripts uh, called Red Rain on Wattpad. Um, the link is in the description. Uh, it's a young adult book about uh, a, a world where goggles come pouring down from the sky when the red rain falls and people trying to survive it. Um, I think it's pretty good. <laughs> um, I think so. That's why I'm putting it on a public place. Yeah. Well, it's just, I don't know, just trying to get some some people interested in my work. I nice. just have an Instagram called, uh, that's Sir I Would Challenge. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Nice. So we made it through. We have made it through. Um, and so, yeah, I guess this is it. This is signing off. Yep. Um, we hope you can keep, we can keep making it through and that you're going to be here with us. See you next week. Later. Bye. Knocking down tables in a restaurant in a West End town. Call the police. There's a madman around. Running down underground.